2: Locked On Podcast Network presents Locked On Sports Today.
1: The Houston
3: Astros are headed to their seventh straight ALCS, and this time it's an all-Texas matchup. Everything's bigger in Texas, right? Also, the Broncos don't have a prayer tonight, probably. And is Patrick Mahomes still the favorite to win MVP? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the can't-miss stories and biggest debates in sports. You're Locked On Sports Today. Today.
2: Searching all major sports. Found Let's start with the biggest story.
3: The Houston Astros have done it again for the seventh straight season. Houston is going to the ALCS. They grind out a hard-fought 3-2 win in game four of the ALDS against the Minnesota Twins. We bring in our pal Brett Chancey from Locked on Astros. And Brett. I feel like I'm, I'm walking into a setup by asking you how they have done this seven straight times because <laughs> I want to make a garbage can joke, but I'm not going to do that. This is, this is your night. Give me the Astros' answer to why they've been able to sustain this so long.
0: Because this team has learned how to win, and winners win. They don't focus on the times when they fall. They focus on why they fall, like in Game 2 and they don't make excuses, and they just battle. They know when they come up short, and they know what they need to do to fix it. And once again, future Hall of Fame manager Dusty Baker is running an absolute master class in the postseason after a much, much maligned um, season where fans criticized his lineups daily. Yiner Diaz, Martin Maldonado, pitcher use, all this stuff. Once again, he's making the right decisions. You've got a manager that knows his staff. You've got a catcher who knows his pitchers. And you've got bats. And Jose Abreu, a resurgent 36-year-old, getting more home runs than any any player his age in an ALDS series. What that, That's just how they won. Complete total team win.
3: How have they been able to, with, with, with roster churn? I mean, we, we were talking about it before we jumped on. Carlos Correa was in the on-deck circle for the game winning out for the Houston Astros. Some of the key pieces that were there five, six, seven years ago, even a year or two years ago for this run are gone. They're not there anymore. So is it just as simple as there's an institutionalized way of winning here that Jose Altuve is just that supreme a talent? Like, what is it about what Houston is able to do from a, from a personnel standpoint, because it's not like this is, this is all just magic. Right. Like They've got really good players on this team. Right.
0: I mean, we let our GM go after we won the World Series last year. We brought in Dana Brown from the Braves. Um, we lost Lunau because the obvious reasons we know we won't speak about. But what that shows me is that leadership from the top down lays the foundation. And you don't depend on a star player A star personality, you depend on a culture that is created, and they have created a winning culture. And this team knows how to combat the booze, they know how to combat the hate, and they know how to do the things they need to do when times get going tough. Because if they're slumping, they don't slump long. When you got Jordan Alvarez doing what he does, this guy missed
3: a lot of the year, but he plays like he played all 162. And he was a teenager when this run started. So it's not like, you, again, this is another guy who was not an integral part of the start of this run, but has now become maybe the linchpin hitter in this lineup to make this all work. So let's, let's push this forward here. Um, we've, got, we've got Rangers, Astros. The Rangers yes. just keep knocking off Giants. They have been the ultimate David in this postseason. From a Houston perspective, what would you be most concerned about with Texas?
0: Oh, I mean, number one, their offense. Their offense. I mean, you got Seeger, Simeon, um, Heim. You got, I mean, I can't even like Garcia, their whole lineup. They're rookies. They're veterans. They're all respectable guys. You, you can't take any of their hitters lightly. Probably one of the strongest Rangers teams I think we've probably ever seen being fielded in the playoffs. And I, I know Bryce Patrick over there, congratulations to him, tip my hat to him. I honestly didn't think the Rangers had it in them to finish out the season where they were. I don't were. think I Bryce did be, either. Well, I thought it would be us and the Mariners. And also when you got, got guys like Eovaldi, when you got pitchers in um, Leclerc is, is pitching lights out. So they definitely have the horses in the stable. It's up to the Astros to get it, to get ahead of the pitchers, to, Um, When they make mistakes, hit those mistakes, and it's up to our pitchers to keep the baseball in the park because you might see a lot of runs scored this series.
3: Stay up to date all year on the Houston Astros by subscribing to Locked On Sports today and Locked On Astros on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Coming up, the Broncos probably have no chance tonight, right? Before we answer that, the Dodgers were up against the ropes with the Diamondbacks. Snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 and get $200 back in bonus bets guaranteed. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. With Spencer Strider on the mound, the Braves must win tonight's game to force a decisive game five. FanDuel likes their chances. Braves minus 154 on the money line. You can also combine bets within the same game to make even more money. Same game parlays are a great way to enjoy any game. Go get your $200 in bonus bets, win or lose now. Visit FanDuel.com slash on and kick off the NFL season with an offer you won't want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL.
2: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today.
3: The Diamondbacks just needed one more win to beat the Dodgers and advance to the NLCS
1: and I think my voice is a little bit gone because how could you not? The D-backs swept the L.A. Dodgers, their biggest rival, arguably, in Major League Baseball, at least in my eyes. They're the D-backs' biggest rival, and the D-backs swept the Dodgers three games to nothing. And we have to be honest with ourselves. If the D-backs swept the Phillies, right, who they should have played in the NLDS, or if they swept the Braves this you know in the NLDS name any X team if they swept that team the NLDS it would be sweet it would still be nice to see the D-backs go to the championship league series but seeing the D-backs do it against the LA Dodgers just make it that much sweeter it's not just the fact that the D-backs dominated dusted the LA Dodgers this Dodgers team also just choked down this series Or you could say it was a major upset, whatever language you want to use, because this Dodgers team had 16 more wins than the Arizona Diamondbacks, if you can believe that. And I think you can believe that because in each of the last three postseasons, the Dodgers have lost to a team that have had at least 15 less wins than the Dodgers. The Braves are now
3: one loss away from elimination as they fell hard to the Phillies in game three.
1: Uh, Jake, I think both of us have spent a lot of time talking about what game three needed to be for the Atlanta Braves. And it quite simply was not what it needed to be in any shape or
4: form. It was not. And it, you know, coming into the series, you knew this was going to be the game where this was a possibility. You didn't know who the Braves were going to throw in this one. And uh, certainly worked out that way. Unfortunately, this is, All too familiar to what we faced last season, but hopefully Strider and the Braves will put the
2: script in game four.
1: Yeah, I would say the phrase is eerily reminiscent of what we were dealing with a year ago when you talk about some uncertainty in the starting rotation, but unfortunately... We're also going to, have to talk about this offense, which has not been able to replicate its success over the course of the regular season at large. Also, not their success against the Philadelphia Phillies head-to-head where they met 13 times and outscored the Phillies averaging nearly six runs per game. The have scored six runs in the series, and that quite simply is one of the many trends that's going to have to change.
3: The New York Jets are ready for the Philadelphia Eagles' secret weapon. Should Jalen Hurts line up for a tush-push play? Or the brotherly shove? As they're calling it, the Jets will deploy their defense specifically designed to stop it. If the quarterback carries the ball, we've got to give him 11 kisses, Jets coach Robert Salas said. The Eagles were successful on four of six pushes in last week's 23-14 victory over the L.A. Rams. And for the season, they've converted 13 of 16 into first downs or touchdowns. That's over 80% success rate. Ideally, the Jets would stack the defensive line, but the Eagles have begun running reverse plays and jet sweeps out of the formation. Of course, the Jets have a hard time putting points on the board with consistency, so stopping the tush-push may be the least of their worries. A criminal summons was issued Wednesday for Charlotte Hornets forward Miles Bridges. The summons is for violating a domestic violence protective order, misdemeanor child abuse, and injury to personal property, according to a spokesperson for the Mecklenburg County Sheriff's Office in North Carolina. We are aware of the reports and in the process of gathering more information, a Hornet spokesperson said, copying and pasting every statement from teams in situations like this and before it that are always inadequate. In November, Bridges pleaded no contest to a felony domestic violence charge and was sentenced to three years of probation, but no jail time as part of a deal with prosecutors after being accused of assaulting his then girlfriend in front of their two children in May of 2022 bridges was set to return to the hornets this season now i guess we'll see and the decision has been reached with regards to kansas and bill self the jayhawks men's basketball program itself won't face any additional serious punishment stemming from the fbi's 2017 investigation into college basketball this is from the independent panel resolution ruling on wednesday As part of Wednesday's ruling, the Jayhawks were placed on a three-year probation and will have to vacate its 2018 Final Four appearance and wins for that season due to Silvio DeSouza's participation. The program, however, was not given a postseason ban, and self and assistant coach Curtis Townsend will face no further suspension.
2: Here is another story you need to know.
3: Sean Payton was going to change everything. Nathaniel Hackett, the worst coach in the history of the world, the Denver Broncos are 1-4, and, and they gave up 70 a couple weeks ago. This is a historically bad defense all of a sudden. And for their troubles, they'll face Patrick Mahomes on Thursday night at Arrowhead. No big deal. Sarah Bettinger from Locked On Broncos joins me now. And, and Sarah, this defense last year was a top 10 unit in a lot of categories. I know we want to think about Sean Payton and Russell Wilson and the glitz and the glam, but I want to start with defense. What happened to this defense?
4: Well, I guess the short answer would be Vance Joseph is the biggest difference between last year and this year. So last year, Giro Evero was the defensive coordinator coming over from the L.A. Rams. Really did a great job of kind of just running his version of the Vic Fangio defense. And now Vance Joseph being asked to do the same as we remember last year, kind of a little bit later than I think October. But the rumors came out. Sean Payton, he was coming back to the NFL, wanted to bring Fangio with him little bit of a tough sell to ask Fangio to come back to Denver just a year after he was fired there as the head coach so ended up on Vance Joseph and I I guess I just don't know if the marriage between Vance Joseph and what he's done traditionally on defense plus what the Broncos want to do keeping that Vic Fangio style of defense has really worked Uh, and it just feels like the talent is not performing up to par big money free agents on the D line big money free agents at linebacker big money players that's in the secondary plus Pat Sertan it's just none of it is working out and you know the common denominator seems to be Vance Joseph let's flip it over to the offensive side of the ball if you look at any numbers all of them say
3: they are better this year than they were last year Russell Wilson in fact top 10 in some of the EPA stats uh, but they're still not clicking the way that I think a lot of people thought they could given the skill talent on this team. And I think the perfect example, someone like Marvin Mims, he leads the team in receiving yards. But there are two running backs on this team, Sarah, with more targets than Marvin Mims, the rookie out of Oklahoma. So what, what is keeping them from fully realizing their offensive potential right now?
4: I think there's been a couple of games this season where they've been really hesitant to try to push the ball downfield. Week one against the Raiders is a great example. And then the most recent loss against the Jets, as you mentioned, very, very hesitant to pull that trigger on downfield passing game and in between there we saw a lot of those big Marvin Mims plays we saw a lot of bigger catch and runs from Jerry Judy Uh, unfortunately you have been missing in between that stretch right there Greg Dulcich as well who's another big play guy for your offense but I think the Broncos want to be trying to get the ball out quickly and unfortunately their quick passing game to the wide receivers hasn't been effective enough to this point in the season or they just haven't decided on that go-to guy so could use more reps for Marvin Mims. Could see, you know, would love to see more of those Russell Wilson moonshots to Mims, but also maybe more from Jerry Judy, more from Cortland Sutton, more from these guys, at least as long as they're still on the team. This is
3: a, a, a team that sits here at one and four. And as I mentioned, they faced this Kansas City Chiefs team. Are they at risk of it getting late early in Denver? Like, could we see a sell off here if things don't turn around in the next week or two?
4: Yeah, I think absolutely. That's just kind of the situation this team is in. You know, George Payton. This is his third year on the job, but really, kind of expect that Sean Payton's going to put his stamp on the roster, and it's he's the final say. He's the final word in Denver right now. It's not general manager George Payton, and that's been you know kind of reiterated multiple times by people who cover the team directly. So, feels like kind of bracing for that. As long as these guys do have some value, and and players who probably aren't on the teams plans beyond the season, like Corlin Sutton, Garrett Bowles, you know, maybe Justin Simmons as well. But I think you could also see guys who are considered core players if the team gets a good enough offer, maybe Jerry Judy, maybe even Pat Sertan, although I feel like that's a little bit less likely. But you do need to recoup uh, those draft assets that you lost by trading for Russell Wilson, trading for Sean Payton. And maybe the best way to do that is to trade those better players. Now, obviously, you'd be then starting from the ground up but that's kind of where the Broncos feel like they need to be. And especially if they get blown out by Kansas city, you could kind of see that writing on the wall a little bit. Stay up to date on
3: the Denver Broncos by subscribing to locked on sports today and locked on Broncos on your favorite podcast app and on YouTube. Coming up is Patrick Mahomes still the favorite for MVP.
2: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage, this offseason, look no further than the locked on NFL scouting podcast.
3: It's been a pretty run-of-the-mill season for Patrick Mahomes so far. It has locked on NFL host Tyler Rowland and Alex Clancy wondering if he's still the favorite to win MVP. I mean, these are the best odds you're going to get from him all year, it seems. Um, traditionally, over the
0: last couple of years, it's always been somebody else that's skyrocketed out of the gates. Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, plus 200. Patrick Mahomes, plus 600, plus 500. Always third, fourth, and fifth. There hasn't been a quarterback that's really taken the reins. And I, listen, I'll apologize about Brock Purdy,
1: what he's done is exactly yeah. what any competent, good quarterback in his position would do. He doesn't have to do everything. If Patrick Mahomes was in this offense, he wouldn't have the gaudy
0: numbers like he does in Kansas City. It's not constructed that way. If right. they go fifteen and two, Brock Purdy's winning the MVP. Like mm-hmm. I, I, that's that's something that really. Any chance CMC me. does though? Well, I mean that's the thing. Like here's Brock Purdy threw three touchdown passes last week. Okay. Mm-hmm. Christian McCaffrey scored one. It was kind of in the game when the game was kind of out at of at reach already. Like, Brock Purdy has been perfect.
3: It's important to note, according to our friends at FanDuel, Patrick Mahomes is, in fact, the actual betting favorite to win MVP. And what is funny to me about this is, even though he is not going to put together his best statistical season, not by a long shot, if, let's say, the Chiefs go win 13 games It will be more of an MVP performance, perhaps, than we have ever seen Patrick Mahomes put together. Because Travis Kelsey, getting to the end of the line, he's dealing with injuries. There is no Tyreek Hill. McCole Hardman, who was not a great player in Kansas City, but certainly played a role, not around. He's dealing with Sky Moore and Kadarius Toney and inconsistencies everywhere. It seems clear every time he drops back to pass, He's not exactly sure where his guys are going to be and when and if that's going to be the right place. But somehow they score enough points every week to win. And if they continue to do that, then any questions that we used to have, and I think we may have been a little hasty not asking some more questions about how much Tyreek Hill and Andy Reid has helped Patrick Mahomes Thrive at the level he has. He's a great player. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to take that away from him. But there was more going on there to make life easy for him than I think was being said because we were having so much fun watching him. Now, that is not the case. Tyreek Hill is not walking through that door. Kadarius Toney is not affecting defenses like that. So if he wins MVP this season, I feel comfortable saying, it will be the most deserved MVP he will win in his career. And finally, Buffalo Bills quarterback Josh Allen said he's tired of hearing all the nonsense from people regarding teammate Stefan Diggs' emotions after a clip of the receiver throwing a tablet on the sidelines went viral. There's a lot of guys in the league that have that same fire that don't get talked about. He's a lot of our juice on the sideline, making sure the offense is staying up and as energized as possible and we feed off that. Got to give Josh Allen an A for can he keep his teammates happy? Well, at least in the media, because, of course, the reports are Stefan Dix not happy. Thanks for making Locked On Sports today your first listen. Now go find your favorite team's Locked On podcast and make them your second listen. Coming up on the next Locked On Sports today, just how bad will the Chiefs beat the Broncos? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on sports today.